You're listening to the Ausleisure Podcast Network. For more details, go to www.ausleisure.com.au forward slash podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Ausleisure Traveller Podcast for Tuesday the 26th of February. We have a very different sort of show lined up for you this time around, as we've been very lucky enough to catch up with three representatives from the United States while they were here attending a conference in Melbourne. So, on the show today we have James Schoon from Wyoming Tourism, Marley Iverson from Montana Tourism, and Fred Walker from North Dakota Tourism. First in the chair is James Schoon, who is the Travel Trade Program Manager for Wyoming Travel and Tourism. So, hello James, and welcome to the show. Thank you Richard, it's fantastic to be here. Enjoying Melbourne so far? Loving it down here. Nice and warm for you? Definitely. Okay. Well, James, I'd like to start off by asking you a couple of general questions about Wyoming. Uh, I guess whereabouts in the U.S. is the state? Well, Wyoming is actually located in the northwest of the United States, just south of Montana, to the east of Idaho, to the west of South Dakota, and just north of Colorado. Right in the middle, is it? Just right in the middle, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. So um, with, with that general information done, can, can we dive straight in uh, and things that visitors can see and do when they visit your lovely state? Uh, if we can start, please, by looking at some of the really big-ticket must-see attractions that Wyoming has on offer for the international tourist. Definitely our biggest attraction is Yellowstone National Park. It is the first national park in the U.S., uh, it boasts of over 10,000 thermal features, including probably its most famous, Old Faithful Geyser. Yep. Um, it has many hot springs, fountain paint pots, waterfalls, and tons of wildlife. Um, probably another one would be Grand Teton National Park, located just south of Yellowstone National Park. It's kind of unique in the fact that when the plates shifted in that, that region, um, they didn't really build up foothills, where you'll see most mountains have the foothills rising up into the distance, uh, the, the mountains themselves are are very sharp and very young mountains. Fantastic. And and if and if I wanted to explore some of the history of the state, where would I go and have a look at? Well, we have uh, numerous museums throughout the state exploring not only the cowboy way of life and the way things were in the western uh, western states yeah. in the 1800s. We also have uh, five trails going through that the settlers took as they made their westward travels. Um, we have an interpretive center called the National Historic Trails Interpretive Center yeah. um, in the middle of our state that goes through the voyage and the, the passage they took crossing rivers and actually give the uh, visitor an experience to actually go in the carts and, and kind of walk along with them as they would have if they traveled to the West Coast on the, during the gold rush. Oh, cool. Sounds like a really good thing to do. And is, is there working farms over there as well that you can go and stay at? We have over uh, 150 working guest ranches, anything from the lower level of guest ranches where you're actually going out, mending fences, working with cattle, yeah. uh, doing roundups, to the higher end where you come back to a five-star meal, sit in a hot tub, jacuzzi with a glass <laughs> of wine. That's me. Uh, whatever style of cowboy you are, we have a little bit for all kinds. <laughs> Fantastic. And I guess then um, you'd have a lot of things going on, especially uh, high, adrenaline act- uh, high, excuse me, high adrenaline activities, um, like rodeos and things like that. We, uh, we're actually home to the world's largest outdoor rodeo, Cheyenne Frontier Days, which takes place the last full week of July. Um, during the day, they're doing calf roping, steer wrestling, bu- yeah. or, uh, bison riding. Um, actually, bison riding? No, not really bison oh. riding. Sorry. <laughs> um, actually, it would be... Uh, bull riding, excuse me, um, and they have big name night events as well with uh, big yeah. country stars. Okay, 
and white water rafting, things like that? Uh, we do have white water rafting up yeah. towards the Yellowstone area, Grand Teton National Park area. Um, some of the float trips as well as some of the rougher waters where the, the big white water is. Yeah, and big white waters. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty intense up there in the Snake River once you get up there. A lot of people don't know in through Wyoming and into Idaho, um, they, they picture that as a flat area, whereas it's really mountainous, and you pick up quite a bit of speed and uh, white water in that area. Fabulous. And look, America is known as a whole for, for its state fairs. Uh, I assume that uh, Wyoming has one too. Can you tell us a bit about that, please? We do have a state fair, and it takes place in August, and it's actually in uh, Douglas, Wyoming. Uh, it takes place for a full week. We have basically the old-style uh, carnival set up as well as rodeos, um, events for the professionals as well as the amateurs to take place Lovely. throughout the week. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> now, I spoke to uh, Fred earlier on, and um, we, we were talking about hidden gems and places that aren't really known to overseas travellers but are to the locals. Can you give us some hints and tips there? Uh, definitely. Um, yeah. A couple of spots that are off the beaten path a little bit. Um, one of them is the Intermittent Hot Springs. Um, it's a freshwater geyser, one of the largest in the world, that pours out thousands of gallons of water um, every hour. Um, you have to hike back in a little ways. A lot of people don't know it on the western part of the state. One other would be the Medicine Wheel. Um, it was built about 300 years ago, and they're not really sure who built it. Uh, it's 80 feet in diameter, and it's up on top of one of the largest mountains in the Bighorn Range. Um, and it has a lot of different ideas on what exactly that was built for and its purpose. Um, quite, a, quite a variety of, of ideas and why that is. Okay, and finally, James, just before we, we, we head off, um, the things that you've just told us about, which are fantastic, uh, is there a website that our listeners can go to and jump online and get all that information from? We have a very interactive website uh, for the state of Wyoming, and the website is www.wyomingtourism.org. Fantastic. Thank you very much, James. Thanks so much, talking to you. Great talking to you as well. See you. Right. Well, that was James Schoon there telling us about some of the things to see and do in Wyoming. While James moves aside there, it's my very great pleasure to introduce our next guest on today's show, Marley Iverson, who is the Group Travel Manager for Montana Tourism. Hello to you, Marley, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Very happy to be here. How are you enjoying Melbourne? Oh, well, haven't been here incredibly long, but liking it so far, the weather's been absolutely fantastic. Lovely. I'm glad we turned it on for you. <laughs> Marley, if I could start with some general questions that uh, I know people would like to know. And I guess this, the first one would be, whereabouts in the U.S. is Montana? <laughs> well, Montana is in the northwest part of the United States. We border Canada, and actually we border the most provinces of all of the states. We border three. And we are a landmass size of about 376,944 square kilometers. That's big. So that is big. And we say it's rough. we're a state, and we're roughly the size of Germany. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> big. Yeah, it's big, but the fourth largest state, but we have um, just under a million people in population. That's not that many, really. That's, can, no, can, no. it's not. Our largest city actually is Billings, and it's 95,000 people. And to drive from one side of the state to the other, how long in days or would it well be, it would take um one very long day to yeah. drive from the east to the west part of montana it actually 
it, to be maybe a little in perspective, it's shorter to drive from the panhandle of Texas to Montana than it is to drive across the state of Montana. So oh. we're, we're a very large landmass. Certainly, are. And, I, and, and I think that seeing as Montana is such a, a huge place, uh, I guess it'd be best to deal with things based upon the type of visitor uh, that they're likely to appeal to. So if, if I were looking at, to experience the great outdoors, for instance, where would you suggest that I head to? Well, the Montana's icon is Glacier National Park, and it's in the northwest portion of the state, and we share a bit of that park with Canada. It's an international peace park, and it's also a heritage site, which we share with the Great Barrier Reef here. There's okay. not yep. many yep. world heritage sites. No, there's not. And there's um, a, the famous Going to the Sun Highway. is the only real highway in the park, and it splits the park in half, east to west, and it is about 87 kilometers long, and it is uh, very narrow and windy. And, um, for example, motor coaches aren't allowed to go across the highway because they're too big. Wow. And they've put, um, put in public transportation, so if you want to hop on and, and go and, and take a hike somewhere, yep. you don't have to worry about driving your car because there's 1,127 kilometers of hiking trails in the park. And spotting a grizzly bear or a mountain goat <laughs> are one of the um, things that you might see. I've seen mountain goats. Um, mm. That's a given that you'll see mountain goats. Um, you might see grizzly bears, and I have seen grizzly bears in the park. And wow. It's wow. Fantastic. And are you allowed to, to, to bring a tent and just camp? Yes. Where, yeah? Yes, you can camp. You have to get a uh, reservation to camp, and you make that the day that you go in. And there are designated sites, and if you don't want to do it alone, there is a concessionaire that will take you in and yeah. um, guide you and show you some of the great trails. There's also two chalets in the park that you can hike into and stay for like three or four days and then hike Lovely. out. Lovely. And can you take your mountain bike in as well? And, and, yes. Yeah? you can. It's actually in the spring and the fall. It's very popular for mountain biking. Yeah. And they, um, in the, the park road is not open in the wintertime because of the snow and so they have the pass open in uh, late May or early June and during that time there's no traffic on the road and so that's a great time for bikers to go and then there's also during peak season you have to be at the top of the pass by noon on your mountain bike because of the of the traffic but yeah you always see mountain bikes you see motorcycles oh okay corvettes <laughs> <laughs> And would it be fair to say that there's, there's some rafting and things like that going on in, in, in the parks as well? Well, um, there is some rafting that goes through the park, but actually most of the rafting um, is just south of the park in the Bob Marshall Wilderness area yeah. and in and near around, around the park, but not uh, right in the park. The park lakes are pretty nice, uh, clear, yeah. calm lakes and not... Um, so perfect for a family holiday yes, as well, would that yes, be fair to say? absolutely. Okay, well, if I did bring the kids with me, um, there's obviously that place to go to, but where else would you suggest that I take them for a, a family-orientated Well, stop? there's, um, in, in addition to stopping and seeing Glacier and also maybe I'm going to mention Yellowstone National Park, yep. Montana has three out of the five entrances into the park, so you kind of access the park maybe through Montana. No. Um, uh, another thing for families in Montana that's very popular for our international visitors is a guest ranch stay. 
Right. And there's several different uh, styles of guest ranches. There's the resort-style ranch, very uh, more high-end with uh, excellent cuisine and um, more of maybe the massages available, yep. kind of a spa experience. Lovely. And then there's also the guest ranch, um, the uh, working guest ranch experience where that's what the families do and they usually just only take a family or two at a time and you're out horseback riding with them herding the cattle in or taking them out to pasture sounds great yes and those are usually a week week stay so those are um very popular things to do with with a family yeah and and a lot of the places um families will meet another family at the guest ranch and they'll come back the next year scheduled the same time to be there well, I repeat visitors at guest ranches. Sounds like fun. <laughs> and for the traveller that d- doesn't really want to get involved in any of that and just wants to do some general sightseeing, uh, what would be your picks for that? Well, um, in between the parks, uh, Glacier to Yellowstone, everywhere you turn is a fantastic scenic drive and rivers if you want to try your fishing Montana's been known for its its a trout fishing destination mm. to do that. Or we have some cultural museums. Part of our history is the Lewis and Clark um, people that came across the U.S. trying to find the waterway to the Pacific, which they discovered does not exist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's that's part of our history. But also um, going to different events. Yeah. There's uh, lots of rodeos and different powwows in Montana and arts and culture, things like that, fairs to do. I was going to ask you about state fairs. Yes. Well, Montana, we actually have um, two state fairs. Mm. Um, (laughs) One is in July and the other is in August, and they run for usually about 10 days. And 4-H is a very big thing at the fairs, and that's where the youth bring in and they raise animals, and they might bring them in to show where they do their crafts and things like that. And then they have rodeos, and they bring in uh, nightly entertainment and things like Matchbox 20, for example, was um, entertainment for one of the one of the evenings and there's one in great falls montana and the other one is in billings Montana. those are our two biggest but each uh reasonably sized town in the state has their own fair during the summertime oh, i get you yep sounds great yeah you mentioned matchbox 20 there i believe playing here in the next few days so mm-hmm. that that's uh it's always good to have some american bands over in australia and look my favorite question um is all about hidden gems. Now, for us, in, us international tourists coming over to Montana, uh, we're not really uh, up on the local hidden ones, but perhaps you could give us some ideas on, on, on where they are. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, everywhere you turn, I like to think there's a <laughs> hidden gem because we're not highly populated, so you might just stumble across something that just fascinates you. But um, speaking of gems... In Mon- Montana is the only place in North America where you can find sapphires. Oh. Yes, and there's a couple of different kinds of sapphires. There's the Yogo sapphire, and it's um, when you find it is in its truest blue form. And then there's the other um, from the Rock Creek area. They um, have sapphires that might look kind of like cut glass, mm. and they have a heat treating process, and it turns them into more of the blue, but sapphires actually come in all colors. Yeah. This little community... I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> this little community in southwest Montana is called Phillipsburg, yeah. and you can go there and buy a, gra- a bag of gravel, 
and I think it's for $25, and you can mine through that bag of gravel for sapphires. Okay. And I have done this, and, and this it's, it's a lot of fun to see the when the gravel shakes out and you um, start picking through it to see the sapphires on top of the gravel. and Perfect for kids as well. Perfect for kids, and if you don't find a big one that can be cut into something, they will give you another bag free, and you can do it again. And there's a jewelry store there, so if you want to have it all processed right there, they take care of you and oh, spend a couple brilliant. hours there. And right next door, there's a fantastic candy store. <laughs> and this is just a little town of a population of probably 500 people. And in the summertime, it's just the, the street is just very busy um, with different little shops and things yeah. like that, and it's a lot of fun. Brilliant. Now, just 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 before we go, because we've got to wrap this up soon, Molly. Um, You've, you've, you've discussed quite, quite a few things here, and it would be fair to say that my memory isn't that very good. But if I needed to, to get onto a website and, and look through what you've just told us, um, would you give us a, a website that is dedicated to this for us, please? Sure. We have a website, www.visitmt.com. MT is the Montana abbreviation. Yep. And on there is uh, everything that you could imagine for visiting Montana. Lots of different, um, how, where to fly in, yeah. and the major cities, and all the different attractions, and the ranches, and the resorts, and outfitters, and Brilliant. everything you need. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Molly. I appreciate it. Well, and thank I you. hope hey, listeners will do as well. And enjoy your time in Melbourne while you're here. Well, I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our thanks there to Molly for telling us about Montana. Time for our last, but by no means least, guest on today's show. We have Fred Walker from the North Dakota Department of Commerce, Tourism Division. Hello to you, Fred, and a very warm welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. How are you enjoying Melbourne? Hey, this is a wonderful city. The temperature's nice, the sun is shining, and it's a great day. What else do you want? <laughs> okay, Fred. Um, if we could, I'd like to just ask, uh, start by asking you some general questions about North Dakota. And I guess the first one is, whereabouts in the U.S. is it? Again, we're in the uh, central part of, of the United States. We're bordered on three sides by uh, three different states, Montana to the west, Minnesota to the, to the east, and South Dakota is, is south of North Dakota. And we also have uh, two Canadian provinces uh, bordering us on the north, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Okay. So a big place? Is it, a big state? It is a big state. We are, I believe, the 13th largest state, and uh, it's a lot of open territory, a lot of beautiful things to see. Well, I can't wait to get over there and start having a look. Um, okay, some just some, now we've got some general information there, please, um, Fred. Uh, I'd just like to turn our attention to some of the things that people can see and do when they visit North Dakota. Uh, quite an important part of that is how one would get around the state. Is there an extensive public transportation network, or would you say renting a vehicle would be the best thing to do? We right now, we're recommending people rent a car. Or, a, or an SUV, or even a motorhome. Uh, traffic traffic is uh, very light in North Dakota. It's very easy to get around. The roads are good. And uh, it's it's so much easier when you're able to uh, steer yourself off the main roads and get to see a little bit of North Dakota on your own. Fantastic. Um, now, if we can just uh, sort of talk about some things to see and do, uh, and I guess some of the actual attractions that can be visited. Uh, if I were to visit North Dakota and uh, looking to see some spectacular sites, where would you suggest that I head to? If you only had a few days uh, to spend in North Dakota, I would uh, really look at the western half of North Dakota. That is our, our scenic uh, part of our state. We have the Badlands in the western area, yeah. uh, Theodore Roosevelt National Park, uh, it's it's just a great area to be able to get out and watch the sunset or watch the sunrise in the morning. Uh, it's 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 a great spot just to get away from 
you know, get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life and, yeah. uh, and get out into nature. And if I wanted to experience some of the cultural side of the state, where would you suggest that I Well, a lot of it is still in that area. Yeah. Uh, along the Missouri River, we have a lot of the, the different uh, tribes that lived in North Dakota 500 years ago. Yeah. Um, the the, the Lakota Sioux, uh, we have the Mandana Dots, Arikara people. And uh, not only did they live there then, they live there now. And uh, some of their area is, is put aside as a reservation, but they live just like us. Uh, but for the, the normal traveler, anybody that's coming through, they will showcase of how their life was before and how it is now and uh, take you to uh, places that they lived 200, 300, 400 years ago. And they've really done a nice job of, of resurrecting their culture. They're teaching mm -hmm. the language in the schools and they're uh, really trying to showcase all of our travelers of what their life was like and what it's like now. Brilliant being a sports mad kind of guy and wh where would I go to get my adrenaline fix for sports? Well it depends upon what you're looking at uh, you know if you're looking at uh, again back to our cultural side um, the, the rodeo is a huge part of yeah. what life is like in North Dakota and and that's not just in the ranching part that's in our big cities too we have uh, rodeos throughout the big cities throughout okay. North Dakota and all, all during the year we have indoor rodeos we have indoor bull riding um, those are some of our big sports but we also have uh, um, collegiate athletics. We have two uh, Division One football teams, or mm. soon to be two Division One football teams, yep. uh, that play in the state. So if somebody wants to come and watch American football in the fall of the year, they can certainly get a ticket to go to the games. Uh, if you want to get into uh, semi-pro baseball, we have a team in Fargo, and uh, it's a great place to get away and and just go watch young people play the game and uh, play it as hard as they can. And it's a great time for anybody who wants to go. And it's easy to get a ticket. You don't have to queue up for. for, for no, no. Uh, most times uh, tickets are very easy to get to. Um, even at the uh, the Red Hawks, which is a semi-pro baseball team in Fargo. Uh, the reserve tickets may be sold out, but there's always bleacher seating, and uh, sometimes that's the most fun spot to be in and, and watching the game anyway. Because yeah, I you don't really the, understand the term bleacher. What is that actually? That mean? is, uh, it's general admission seating. You're right. a little bit farther away from the game. You're not right back by home plate, yep. um, so you're a little farther removed from the game from the from the noises and things like that. But uh, okay. uh, you kind of create your own excitement. It's kind of <laughs> like. Uh, uh, watching sports over here, there's a lot of excitement here, and, and that's really where the excitement comes from at, uh, at most baseball games and football games is away from the action as well. And a great place to take the kids as well. Absolutely, absolutely. They, uh, yep. uh, for any of those attractions, it's great. They do uh, different things for kids to keep them going through two hours of game. They uh, do entertainment between innings or, or at halftime and things like that. They're giving things away, and, and it's a fun spot for kids to, to get out and see all the action. And let's stay on the subject of the kids. Where else would be a good place to take them as well in the state? Oh, there's a lot of different places. Almost all of North Dakota is really set aside for families, um, but not just families. Uh, adults can come and, and seniors can come and, and really get good enjoyment out of everything they're seeing. Uh, we have uh, the North Dakota Heritage Center, which is a museum, but it's a, it's a touch and feel museum. It's, you get to touch a dinosaur bone. You get yep. to uh, touch an arrowhead. You get to see how the people Fantastic. are living. It's not just art on a wall where you look at it for a minute or two and then move to the next spot. It's so, not stuck behind a glass. Exactly. And yeah. kids really really like to be able to feel a, a skin of a, of a beaver or all the different animals that have come through North Dakota. Brilliant. Uh, Fred, one of my favorite questions is uh, to talk about uh, places that aren't really known to international travelers. Um, but being a local chap that you are, can you tell us some of the hidden treasures there? The two hidden gems, really, of North Dakota are uh, the National Park, Theodore Roosevelt National Park. It is a national park, but it's, it's not like uh, visiting some of the other national parks where everybody in the world has heard about. Theodore Roosevelt's heart, in the heart of the Badlands. It's a scenic drive, and you really get back into nature. There is not 
Uh, there's nothing inside the parks, so there's no hotels. Yeah. There's no convenience stores. So you are you, the buffalo, the elk, the uh, bighorn sheep. It's you and nature. Um, we also have the International Peace Garden, which is located right on the border of, of North Dakota mm-hmm. and Canada. It's yeah. shared between the two governments. And it's really a great place to get away. You don't hear any other noises other than maybe the running of a river or a stream through or the birds singing. They plant 200,000 flowers. So oh. people can walk through and spend a whole day really as part of nature up in the Turtle Mountains. Sounds wonderful. It's a great place to go visit. It's very peaceful, I'd say. It's great. It's yeah. a great place to get away and, and uh, yeah. forget about life for a few days. I can't wait to go. <laughs> um, now, Fred, just before we wrap up, um, I'd like to, to say thank you. And also, if you could let our listeners know of uh, your website that they can go on and, and have a look and, and see what you've been talking about. It is uh, www.ndtourism.com, and people can go right into our website. They can click on what to see and do, and they can look at events. Our calendar of events is there, all of our attractions. They can also go where to stay, and they can pick up all of our hotels, campgrounds, uh, bed and breakfast. They can go and, and find those places, find their websites, and book it right online. Uh, but there's lots of things for the people to go and do. They can look at pictures. Uh, they can look at our videos and really see a little bit of what North Dakota is all about. Thank you very much, Fred. Appreciate it. Thank and you. Uh, enjoy your time in Melbourne while you're here. Well, thank you very much. Well, that's it for today. Three states all in one show but all of the states from a single part of the US. So if you're planning on visiting one of them, perhaps we've encouraged you to visit all three and see for yourself the attractions that James, Marley and Fred have been talking about. Next time, we're back to discussing a single area in one episode. And in fact, we're heading back to the UK again for a chat with Sir Thomas Ingleby, who is the owner of Ripley Castle on behalf of the North of England Tourism Board. We'll be back talking to state representatives from the United States in a couple of episodes' time, so join us next time when we are back in the UK, and until then, see you later. ExpressNet is proud to host the Leisure Traveller podcast. With great value and even better service, choose ExpressNet for all your web hosting needs. Hosting packages start from $0. That's right, you could host your own website with ExpressNet without paying a dollar. See our website at expressnet.com.au for details. Conditions apply.